Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. Can anyone uh, tell me uh, what series we've been in uh, for the last two weeks? We started last week. What did we talk about in homes last week? Prayer. Very good. I like it. Prayer. Uh, who can tell me one thing they remember from last week that we talked about or something you looked at, something you discussed in your hub? Hearing God's voice? Yeah. Anything else? Pray daily? Yeah, I like it. Anything else? Yeah, go in the secret place. God will reward you. Great. Yeah, that was one of the verses. Matthew 6. Great. Anything else? Seek the Lord something. Yeah, that, that way. That way. We are called to seek the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to see that you guys remember uh, some things from what we have um, started last week. We're going to be in this series on prayer for a little while. Um, and, and we're going to start laying out a foundation and with the basics. And then week by week, we're going to go deeper and deeper and looking at different types of prayer uh, and, and what the word says around that. And hopefully... The heart of this series is to equip you, that it would be really practical, that it would empower you in your own prayer life. When you get into your prayer closet, when you close the door, when you are with God, that you would know what to do and what can happen there. Amen? Amen. I was going to read a fantastic story this morning to start us off, uh, but we don't have time. So if you want to know about my fantastic story, uh, uh, you can come and talk to me later. Um, thank you, Jesus. I, I just had to say that because on my notes it says, fantastic story opening. Anyway, um, have you ever had a conversation with someone that uh, led maybe throughout the conversation to a statement similar to this? I'm not really religious, but that one time I found myself praying. That one time I found myself praying and I, I didn't really know why and I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know if it went anywhere, but I found myself praying. Generally speaking, the preceding sentences are around life's unexplainable circumstances, whether good or bad, uh, or whether, whether the words after that prayer were please help or thank you. There seems to be this like deep-seated longing to pray in people. Have you ever had this sort of conversation with someone? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, it's good. It's not just me. I've had these conversations mainly in an alpha setting because there's a session that uh, focuses on prayer. And we ask people, have you ever prayed before? Or what was that like? Or is that something you can relate to? And the answer is usually yes, which is surprising, isn't it? How at one point in their lives, People have come to that decision to utter the words to something out there, even if they don't know what is out there. But the truth lies in this, right? We are created beings and there's a built-in desire longing for us, in us, to interact with our creator. That desire to look up whether we know the creator or not. And, and, and some know the one they are praying to really well, like maybe most of us, 
Uh, others don't even know who they are offering this prayer to, but they are longing for that connection at that point. And that's what prayer is, right? A connection. Uh, a prayer is about connection. First and foremost, it's connection to your heavenly Father. It's a relationship. When we pray, we connect to God's heart. Jesus says this in uh, John 6, 38. By the way, we have a fantastic TV today instead of the screen. So turn your attention to here. Um, John 6, 38 says this, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And we find Jesus modeling this life of prayer throughout scripture, right? Actually, when you put together all the references of Jesus praying, it really adds up. Jesus was found praying at his baptism, uh, before heading into Galilee, uh, before choosing his disciples, before walking on water, uh, before the feeding of the 4,000, before teaching his disciples, before raising Lazarus from the dead, at the Last Supper in Gethsemane. And those are just some of the examples, right? Uh, interesting to note how many times I just said the word before. There seems to be a pattern there. I'll leave that with you. Um, we see that in order to do the will of the Father, as he knew he was called to, Jesus needed to connect to the heart of the Father all the time and discern what his will was, right? And, and the easiest way for us to discern that, to discern his will, is to constantly invest in that relationship, make that connection as strong as it could be. And Jesus calls us to pray. We saw that last week, right? He calls us to do the same. Prayer is something that should be ongoing. Uh, we used this verse last week. Rejoice always is found in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. <laughs> How do we pray without ceasing? Although we can pray in tongues a lot, if you don't, you, wanna, you might want to start to. Um, we go about our day, we pray in tongues, we pray to God in our language, um, but we're not probably uttering words without ceasing to God. They don't come out nonstop of our mouths today. So how do we achieve this, this praying without ceasing? Well, praying is as much listening as it is talking, and this is how we are able to discern the Father's heart. Right? Jesus went to solitary places to listen as much as anything else. And we see on multiple accounts, actually, the Father speaking to him. And this is what our prayer life is supposed to look like or called to look like. A constant flow between our Father and ourselves. One that is ongoing, one that is honest, and one that doesn't actually have to be complicated, right? Again, in the Alpha session, they put it beautifully. Uh, they say, hey, if you want to start praying, uh, here's three tips. Keep it honest, keep it going, keep it simple. Because when we come to pray, it's not about putting on a mask of like, now nah, I'm this holy person and I'm going to pray and, and let's get in there and, and be the good Christian. No, actually, we start from a place of honesty, right? And then we keep it going and we actually can keep it simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. That doesn't mean it doesn't get tough or it doesn't need perseverance, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Everyone can pray. It's not reserved for some super spiritual people of us. It's all of us are called to that life of 
prayer. Actually, it's all a little bit like the Garden of Eden, if you think about it, right? Imagine this picture of Adam and Eve walking in perfect harmony with the Father. They're talking, they're listening, they're spending time together. Through prayer, that is what we experience again, right? Actually, Eden was this place of heaven on earth, right? How, how things should have been. That's, that was God's desire of this is how things should be. And that's something that Adam and Eve forfeited when they sinned. Right, But throughout the word, you actually see time and time again, moments where heaven meets earth, where, where through pictures of, of rivers or temples or, or mountains, God is pointing to a way of life where his life is flowing in abundance and how we can find ourselves taken into that and flowing into that life and, and becoming part of that. And in that way, we actually tune into what reality is truly is um, because that's what happens in prayer right we tune into God's heart and then he starts opening our eyes to what reality really is look at the way Paul prays in his letters if you've ever read the letter and we've actually done it with our series on Ephesians because there's a few in there where if I'm Paul on his knees crying out to God for the church in Ephesus we, we see in his prayers, he, he starts from position of acknowledging his circumstances, but then turns to the truth of God's words that, and promises that he knows, speaks them out into being on top, if you'd like, of whatever circumstances he's experiencing and builds his prayer around that. It's not about denying reality, right? That's not what I'm talking about, but it's, what, it's about what is actually truth, Right? Uh, this is the truth. Imagine this is my Bible because the Bible app is on there. Uh, the, my phone is not the truth. The Bible is the truth. The word of God is the truth. God is truth. The fact changes. Circumstances do. But only the truth of God never does and is constant. And that is what our prayer life needs to be built on. On the truth of God's word. And so you can see that connection to his heart is vital for our prayer life because that is, that's how we can actually release what he is saying. It needs to be cultivated. And every time we come and we still ourselves before him and pray, we download from his heart to ours, right? So prayer is that connection. And actually, it's so important to realize that. You know, circumstances change. We're not denying reality, but actually opening ourselves to what reality truly is. Um, I, I wasn't going to say this, but, but it's so important, right? Let me give you an example about that because we said this would be really practical. We've been reading through Isaiah 9, you know, from Jane's book. Um, here's what Isaiah 9 said, and we prayed it out in the prayer meeting before, uh, before the, um, the service. There's this verse that says this. Give me a second. Um, just a second. Every warrior, every burden. Da -da -da -da. There we go. You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. What does that mean? Just that one sentence. You have shattered the yoke that burdens them. 
that means that that is our reality, right? That is job done. That is the promise that is sitting on our lives, that our God has shattered the yoke or the burden that might be upon us or upon other people. So when we pray, reality becomes that rather than whatever we experience. That's what faith does, right? It speaks out things that are not as though they were, right? So we take that reality. There's a rhema word of God that comes through it. That is what was happening in our prayer meeting. As I was praying, I was like, God, you're making this so real to me right now. And so I release that into prayer that actually every burden, every yoke, every heaviness, everything that is not on God, that is just laying on your shoulder and you kind of feel under the pressure of can be lifted off right now because that is what God's word is saying, right? And, and in Psalm 46, and John had that, it says that he breaks the spears of our enemy and shatters the shields of our enemies or something like that. And, and again, points exactly in the same direction. And for me, it was a confirmation that actually, God, you might be up to something right now. So we're going to pray at the end. And if there's any sense of burden or heaviness upon you today, I believe it's going to be lifted off. Not because reality, circumstances say something, but because my God does. That is past tense right there. And I take that for myself, speak that, and that becomes my reality. Amen? So that's a very practical example of what I'm trying to talk about. Prayer is connection, right? We get from the heart of God, we release it, and it comes to be. Prayer is also partnership. Um, Because talking about the Garden of Eden... Uh, and Adam and Eve. What do we know of the creation story? If you had to shout anything about the creation story about Adam and Eve, what would, what would be something that comes up to mind? Seven days, yeah. Anything else? It was good, yes, it was good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, anything else? Tree of life, yeah, yeah. All good things, all good things. It was very good there. And God created, but to what purpose did God create in seven days and made those good things and had the tree of life there and all of that? We touched on that here or there in the last year uh, in some messages, but, but if I asked you to what purpose, what would your answer be? Genesis 2.15 says this, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it, right? Um, Dutch Sheets, he's an author. Uh, He writes a lot on prayer. Uh, He says this, the word keep, referring to this verse, right? The word keep is a translation of the Hebrew word shamar, which means to guard or protect. It is the primary word used for watchmen in the scriptures. Adam literally was God's watchman or guardian on earth. See, we, we often think of our relationship with God uh, rightly. It's, it's totally valid as, as a father-child relationship, right? He's our heavenly father. We are his children. Or as a friend, right? I, you are now called friends of God, right? As a friend relationship, although he's still God Almighty, right? But, but maybe something we don't often think about is our relationship with God being one that is of partners, that actually we are called to be partnering with God. We are God's partners, if you'd like, on earth. God desire, desire, God's desire is to partner with his creation and see his will be done 
on earth, right? Now, he's almighty God. Don't get me wrong in what I'm saying. He doesn't actually need any of us, right? But when it comes to what happens on earth, he has chosen to work through his creation as in us humans, Why do you think the earth is in such a state? Why do you think things went the way they did all throughout the Bible? Because God has decided to work through humans, through his creation. And we see that call extended throughout the whole of the Bible, where it speaks of us being his ambassadors, for instance. We are his his representatives on earth. We have delegated authority to see his will be done as it is in heaven. To see his will manifested here on earth. Um, turn to, uh, well, actually, he's going to come up on the screen. And then I'll ask you to turn to another story. Um, Ezekiel says this in Ezekiel chapter 22. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their own heads all that they have done, declares the sovereign Lord. Sounds harsh, right? But do you see what's taking place here? God was looking for someone, anyone, that would stand in the gap, but no one did. And again, Dutch Sheet, same guy, comments on this passage and he says this, The passage is clearly saying, while my justice demanded judgment, my love wanted forgiveness. Had I been able to find a human to ask me to spare this people, I could have. It would have allowed me to show mercy, but because I found no one, however, I had to destroy them. Of course, this isn't a nice outcome. And yes, it means that we have a very important part to play, an essential part to play and if we don't play it stuff happens this earth is the enemy's domain right he wrecks havoc wherever he goes but here's the kicker the one standing between havoc and what should be is us is us you and me God's partners, the ones representing him, the ones with his delegated authority. That is also what prayer is. We need the connection because without his will, without hearing from God, without him being the author of faith, we cannot release what needs to be released. We don't come and just pray whatever. We come and pray his will in every situation. We need the discernment. But once we have God's word, his promise over a situation, we go to work, right? We go to work and we pray. That is our weapon. And we do the job until it's done. Jesus said, pray in this way. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Have you ever thought about why that's in there? If it's his will, why doesn't he just do it? Again, he's wanting to work through his creation. That principle he will not get away from. So there's really just two options. Again, he's either not all powerful like we think he is, but we know he is. So that's not an option. Or... Always because there's an established principle at work through my creation, my guardians, like the Shema word, my ambassadors, through them, I will do it. Let's look at another story together. It's mentioned by James. Um, well, it's, it, yeah, it's mentioned by James uh, when he talks about prayer. James 5, 
13 to 18 says this, and I have to hurry up. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Then there's this, and it drops a bit out of nowhere. Elijah was a human being. Okay. Even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Isn't it interesting, this passage? James is talking about faith in prayer, right? About seeing outcomes change and people uh, saved. And then suddenly he goes, remember Elijah. He was a human being like you and me. And yes, he was. But what a story he's quoting. It comes from Kings. And I'll pick some verses out of it so you kind of see how it goes. It opens up in 1 Kings 17, verse 1. And it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite, from Tishbe, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Notice the authority in that statement, right? There's no doubt in Elijah's mind and in his words. When I say so, it will rain. But not once before that will it rain again. That's pretty crazy. Now again, Elijah heard from God. He has no power to do that within himself. Let's agree together. But in his prayer life, in that connection to the Father, he heard the Lord. He knew that was God's will. And so... He declares it into being. And remember how Jim started this sentence. And I think that's why he starts the sentence like that. He says, Elijah wasn't different than you or me. He was just a human being, right? So this is what becomes possible to us when we pray with faith. But Elijah heard the Lord, right? The word was all that he needed. He placed his faith in the word of God, in what he heard, and enforced it into being, released it into the atmosphere. And sure enough, it did not rain, according to the word, for a long, long time. A chapter later, there's some events in between, but a chapter later, 1 King 18 starts like this. After a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Go and present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. No question asked. He's on his way. So he goes and presents himself to the king. And the whole reason the rain had to stop and and everything was going on was to kind of teach the king a lesson, if you'd like, right? So they have a conversation, Elijah and the king. The king's obviously not happy. And then we get to this part. 1 King 18, verse 41 to 46. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down on the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. 
So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Now that bit is crazy as well. But we find here Elijah, right? Praying until rain was released. God brought forth his will through one man's prayers. He could stop rain whenever he likes or start it whenever he likes, but God is committed to work through his people, in this case, Elijah. And he wants to work through each of us as well. This, again, isn't reserved for some elite of us. It's something that is available to each of you in this room, right? This is for all his children. Before we move on from that story, don't you find it funny that although he knew God's word from the chapter 17, and then declared it at the beginning of chapter 18, he still had to go up Mount Carmel and pray seven times, right? Until the rain actually came. Rain didn't start pouring when he told it to Ahab. Rain started pouring after he prayed on his knees on top of Mount Carmel seven times. If you do a quick search on uh, that that number seven, um, in the Bible, it represents completion. Right, And so to me, and to many apparently, uh, in that, I believe God is saying to pray until the job is done, right? Until completion comes, until you see the fulfillment of what he has spoken to us and we have then spoken into being. And so I've asked myself in the past this question, did I stop too early? Did I give up when I should have persevered? Could things have been different. And again, that's a scary thought, right? And my desire here is not to bring condemnation. Hear me out on any of us, myself or you guys. But it's simply a reflection that I've had, especially recently. Our job is to pray and to pray what we've heard until we see it come to pass, right? Um, God has highlighted this sentence to me at the end of last year, And I've said it in different contexts, but uh, it says this, persistence breaks resistance. Persistence breaks resistance. When you start looking into it, there's actually so much on pushing through in prayer. And I think it's important to mention that because I don't want to shy away from the difficult things of prayer, right? Sometimes it is, it, it, it takes perseverance. The job in itself isn't complicated, right? Keep it simple, but it doesn't mean we aren't going to have to put up something in it. Does that make sense? Uh, Pete Gregg uh, says this, our prayers should look less Oh, I lost it now. Like da-da-da and more like Fight Club. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's very interesting. But it's true, you know, in that sense of like, we're going to put up a fight until, until the job is done. And to some, that might sound like striving, right? And, and I want to touch on that very quickly. Oh, I'm touching on too many things. Um, striving. Because yes, we can strive, right, in prayer. Like we're trying to obtain something. When, when we out of desperate, 
you, do you know what I mean? But actually, this is not what we're talking about here because it starts with the word of the Lord. So we actually persevering and pushing through from a place of rest. And Pastor Clive touched on this at the first encounter last Tuesday. And David, you had a word around that actually. Um, and and, and it is, it's really persevering and pushing through. But we fully know in our hearts that victory is ours. Right? That the word is going to come to pass. It isn't something that we're trying to obtain or, or twist God's arm to do the business. We know the business is done. We're just birthing it into being and releasing it on earth. Do you see the slight fine line? Maybe, but yes, it's there. What if as partners we have to work overtime? Are we ready to do that? Um, let's quickly turn to Luke 18. Um, verse 1 to 8 says this. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God or cared about what people thought. Great judge, isn't it? Um, there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? There's a beautiful promise there, right? Will God not bring justice? Yes, he will. It is written there. It is a promise. It becomes our reality. But notice the part that we have to play in it. Day and night, they cry out, but they don't cry out empty words, right? They cry out words filled with faith, knowing who God is and what he's spoken, and that's key. The story speaks of perseverance. Sometimes we see prayers answered quickly. Sometimes we pray once, forget about it, and it happens anyway. And we're like, oh, I forgot about that. Thank you, Jesus. Have you ever had that? Sometimes it requires us keep keeping on keep going at it not from a place of striving again but declaring God's word as we have heard it over the situation until it comes to pass and how beautiful when it does come to pass right when deliverance comes from the Lord when breakthrough takes place when it feels like the sea has just opened up when there was no way in front of us but now the sea's open and we can walk through on dry ground. Breakthrough has taken place. And over the years, I've seen the Lord at work in so many situations, right? From, from seeing legs grow on the spot to seeing people give their lives to Jesus, to seeing his provision in our own lives, all other people's lives financially and in other ways. Or seeing demon-possessed people set free. I can speak of God's faithfulness. And I'm sure if I ask, uh, how many of you have a testimony of God's healing in your life? Raise a hand. The amount of hand. How, how, have you seen God provide at one point in your life when you prayed? Whether that's for a job, whether that's financially, whether that's 
Have you seen favor of your, your life in one way or another? Have you seen people that you prayed for come to know the Lord? Yes, yes, because God is faithful, right? Because his word was spoken and we carried it into your hearts until it was birthed and then we saw the breakthrough. And God is not a man that he should lie. He does not change. He didn't switch the tap off. He's still the same. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of how we've already seen the goodness of the Lord in the, in the land of the living so that we can take another step forward and believe to see it again in whatever situation we are facing. I can speak of God's faithfulness and you can as well. Yet I know that there is so much more that God wants to do in and through our lives. So there's an invitation here, right, to, um, to get praying, to listen, to grab hold of the word in faith and see his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And, and you might ask, and you thought I was done. I am not. Because um, you might ask, well, Kev, it's all great, but how do I do that? How do I do that? Let me give you a four-minute breakdown of how I go about my time of prayer. It says in Matthew 6, it says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When we get to that place, we close the door, we shut down, shut off distractions and we come to connect with God's heart and to pray. It's a good way to start by hallowed be your name, right? There's a reason it's there. And, and I don't think this prayer was so much meant to just be recited like something we've learned by heart. Uh, yes, it can be, but as a template to how to function in that place, right? So we come and we start our times of prayer by praising his name, like we did here today, right? Praising him for who he is, for what he has done, for how faithful he is. It simply helps us fix our eyes on him and remind ourselves of who he truly is and what truly is as a result. And, and the way you can do this is maybe you put a song on, uh, a worship uh, song on, uh, and in it, make sure you don't just rely on the words, but actually speak out your own words like we were encouraging to do this morning. Maybe you turn to a psalm and you exalt God in that way and you let that become real to you. You, you, you come to a place of praise and adoration. You make it personal. You make it real. Um, and again, it's not a formula, but you find that way to connect and praise God. And then it says what? Your will be done. For me, it points to listening, right? Again, it's not our will that's going to be done. It's his will that's going to be done. We cannot know how to pray uh, if we haven't heard from him. So we need the leading of the spirit and him to speak to us. And we saw last week verses upon verses that show how his sheep hear his voice and he speaks to us and has put the spirit inside of us to release stuff at the right moment. So actually all of us can hear God in that place, all right? Um, as we build the relationship, we build trust, trust in what we hear and in faith to release it, right? So your will be done. We listen. Um, we listen how? We can read God's word. 
He speaks through his word. Pastor Colin used to say, we need to read with listening hearts. Before you start reading God's word, say, hey God, I thank you that you are here. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say through this passage to me right now? It's not just empty words on a page. It's alive. So how do you want to make it real to me? How does it apply to me right now? Is there anything I can pray over someone out of that or over myself? What does it mean? So read with listening hearts. Uh, God also speaks to us directly, right? Um, I've been carrying a notebook into my times with God uh, for years now. I sit there, I worship, I listen. Um, and uh, I, usually after reading the word, I come to a place where I write down what I feel God's saying. Like a, like a letter from him to me, if you'd like. That letter can touch upon so many things, personal, the church, uh, others, uh, any, anything and everything. And in there, it's like, Again, this rhema word that comes real to me and, and equips me for the day to come or just speaks discernment or wisdom into situations we're carrying as a church or things like that, pictures and words. Um, generally, I find that the next, in the next few days, those words are confirmed in one word, in one way or another. And again, I've had to learn to trust that in that place where I write this down, uh, it is God speaking to me. Uh, and again, it says test all things, but I think God is faithful to confirm things as well. So uh, if you don't carry a pen and paper in your times with God, maybe start doing so. And as you pray, just be like, okay, what do I sense right now? Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And just start writing. It might be you describing a picture. It might refer to the scriptures you've just read and become you know, personal, it might be to do with the situation you're facing, but write down and see what happens. And again, um, bring it up to someone else, you know, test the word in that way. I do that with Sharon. Hey, I feel, this is what I was writing down. I feel like God's saying this. Does that ring a bell? Does that make any sense to you? And then she goes, oh, funny you should say that because God's been saying the same thing to me, you know. So that's why we are in community as well, right? Um, Hearing God. And then it says what? Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. That speaks of asking, right? There is a place to ask uh, God in prayer. And so we ask, we bring things before the Lord. Uh, we pray into the things we feel uh, we are carrying as well. We come to a place of honesty with God and he wants that. He desires that again. So um, yes. And then uh, it gets to the point with these words, forgive us our debt as we've also forgiven our debtors. And we saw last week how important it is to uh, forgive and not hold anything against anyone when we come to that place of prayer. Because again, we know that verse and we've read it earlier. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we're like, yeah. But right before it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And that's the part maybe we don't like so much, right? So we want to we wanna be in a place of, of living pure and clean and coming into that place with God. Um, my times with God are also filled with praying in tongues and, and it's our heavenly language. And the word says that when we speak in tongues, the spirit is praying through us that we are speaking to God. And so I spend what seems to be longer and longer times uh, of my day praying in tongues. Um, and, 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 you know, your mind is engaged in that moment as well. And that's important to say, it's not like a mindless thing, but, but it's kind of the spirit directs you and you switch tongues, English, 
you release something in English, go back into tongues, and then God points to someone else, something else, and then you release that. And so there's a journey there. That's for the real practical stuff. Um, I hope you've learned something today. Or I hope you've been encouraged today and that something in you is like, let's get to work. Let's get praying. Let's hear God. Let's get in there. Let's get into our secret room or, or yeah, whatever it says, close the, close the door, um, be in our room and just hear from the Lord and then carry his word to completion, right? Because he's looking for people to stand in the gap and pray. And that is us, right? That is each of us. So let me just pray for us as we finish this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for what you are speaking to us about. This life of prayer, this call that you have laid on each of our lives to stand in the gap and pray. Thank you, Father, that you do speak to us. It's not a question of if you do want to speak to us and you clearly know what your will is. So Lord, reveal that to us, I pray. Father, I thank you that you are going to speak this week as people set time aside to pray, as they carry you throughout the day and are aware, tuning into what your spirit is saying. Father, I thank you that you would speak and speak again and confirm things and that, Father, you would give us the, the, um, the perseverance, the persistence to keep going and keep at it in prayer. Lord, enable us, I pray, because we need you. We need you to enable us by your spirit to carry this through and see your will be done in our lives and through our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I said at the end we would pray for those burdens and um any burden, yoke, any heaviness that is upon people. Uh, we also have quite a lot of our people that are sick right now uh, that couldn't be here um, this morning. And, and there's no doubt in my mind, you, I, I, I've grown up being said, uh, the devil isn't behind every rock or whatever you say, however you say it in, in English. Um, and it might be just circumstances, but we are setting 21 days aside to pray and fast to seek the Lord. And for me, this is pushback. It's, it's too much of the across board to just be coincidence. So uh, can we stand together? Actually put some of this in practice and just um, let's pray all together at once. So let something come out of your mouth and speak out God's word. Um, and I'm gonna speak over you that those burdens, those yokes would be broken, receive that. Just amen, it shall be so. That's the power of agreement, right? But also pray for the ones who are not well now and let's see them be well. Amen? All right, let's do it. Share the 
Father, I thank you that your word says that you have shattered the yoke that burdens people, the bar across their shoulder, the rod of the oppressor. Lord, I just speak it into being right now with your authority that every burden, every heaviness, every sense of yoke that is not of you is broken and shattered right now. I thank you, Lord, for a lifting off of anything that is a heaviness upon people's shoulder right now, that our people are free because you have set them free in Jesus' name, that you bring lightness to their shoulders and to their days and to their body. Father, that you are for them, you're with them, and you say your burden is light and your yoke is easy, and that is our reality that we live in. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It shall be so, and it is done. Thank you, Father, for lifting off of all of that. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Now, in your own words and in English, just start speaking healing over people that you know that are not well and over this body, and I will do the same. Father, right now, we speak your healing into being over all of those who are sick. Father, I thank you that sickness is not something that belongs to us and that can afflict us. You you said by your stripes we are healed. You said on the cross it is finished, it is done and we speak to this sickness it has to vanish from everyone's body right now. We have the victory in you and we speak breakthrough in the name of Jesus and healing to go forth to everyone who is unwell. Over Timmy we speak healing. Over Lara we speak healing. Over Marcel we speak healing. Over Sharon Gabe we speak healing in the name of Jesus over anyone else who is unwell and I don't know of we speak healing right now in the name of Jesus thank you Lord thank you Lord your word says that your words are life to one's entire body father I thank you that it is true for us today that our bodies are well and full of your life full of your life full of your life and nothing else Thank you, Jesus, that your life consumes everything else that is not of you. Thank you, Father. In your name we prayed. Amen. 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 And again, amens are not a nice way to end a prayer, right? They're a faith-filled statement. It shall be so. It shall be so. Don't say amen if you're like, I'm not sure I believe this. It's amen. I agree. And because I agree, so it shall be done. Where two or three agree on earth. Amen? Great. I'm sorry we ran over, but I still have a few announcements to tell you so you can sit back down. Um, all right. We are almost through the morning. Thank you, Jesus. Um, if you didn't know, but you do, we are in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I will make this quick. Uh, it's our third week coming up this week. I don't know about you, but week two was harder. Uh, I definitely have been feeling it. And there's definitely been attacks and things going on, as I was just saying. But you know what? God honors every minute that you put aside for him, everything and sacrifice that you put for him. So let's continue pushing through. This is week three coming up. Uh, and we have an encounter on Tuesday all together in Horsham Foundry Lane. It's fantastic. Be there. If you can't get there, tell me. I'll get you there. Um, Wednesday, Santa Church, 7.30. is our encounter for just us as Burgess Hill. And again, this isn't a plug like I want the room filled. But boy, if you're not doing anything, just come. 
Like, it's really good. And I'm not just saying that because I have a mic in my hand most of the time, but God's there. God's there and he's doing things and, and you're missing out. Again, this is not, hear my heart. Oh, don't start preaching, Kev. Just be there. Just be there. Wednesday, Center Church, 7.30. We are going to be there. On Friday, we are launching a youth club. That's also happening. Uh, with Center Church, two churches coming together to see some youth saved, which is wonderful. So Friday, Center Church, 7.30. We are going to be launching that youth club and it's going to go for at least the remainder of the school year. And then we'll see beyond the holidays what we do. But if you're not part of the team, be praying for us, please. Uh, you know, kids are rowdy and they get crazy and we need patience and discernment and uh, all of it. Thank you, Jesus. Next Sunday, 28th of January, end of the fast, big moment of rejoicing and feasting together. We're going to have a service all together in Horsham, Foundry Lane. All the congregation, Worthing, Crawley, Horsham, Burgessville coming together. It's a bring and share. Uh, there's going to be a slate with donuts, I think, on. Um, oh no, there's no donuts. They've changed it. Look at that. Bring and share, Foundry Lane, Horsham. So bring something along, a salad, uh, whatever you want, uh, a meal deal, anything. And uh, we're going to share some lunch at the end of the service together and just celebrate everything that God has done throughout those 21 days. Um, we are one church in many locations, right? You are part of this. Yes, it's not happening here. But again, let's all be there if we can in Horsham and rejoice with everyone that is part of this body. Amen. If you can't get there, I'll get you there. Let me know. Um, that's for next Sunday. Uh, and there's a bunch of other announcements, but uh, they are not pressing as such. Yes, no, one is very pressing. If you don't know, uh, we have something called the Freedom Course. Um, and we run it every year. And it's something that we run as part of a discipleship pathway. Know God, find freedom. Uh, that's the second step. And that's why the Freedom Course is there. In an ideal world, we want everyone in the body to have done the freedom course. It just sets a foundation for what we believe, who we are, and where we go from there and enables us to release you in further ways down the line. If you haven't done the freedom course, you will know because you haven't done it. So there's an opportunity to sign up at the end, at the info point, my little iPad will be there. Someone will be there to help you sign up. And it's uh, gonna be starting week of 26th of Feb, it's a 12-week course in small groups. And then beginning of June, at the end of the 12 weeks, there's a 24-hour encounter where uh, we just, in God's presence, we pray, uh, we see things happen, and we are free. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 